0: Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. So today, we're going to talk about a number of things, and we actually had a few... we had fewer questions this week than we normally do, and I think I know why. So the first thing I wanted to say is just apologies for not getting back to a lot of you with our normal YouTube time-stamped response to your comments. Uh, the reason why this hasn't been as effective lately is because the software we use to keep track of everything had a broken integration. It was basically the simple tech of it was we would just receive an email. Saying that there was a new comment on the course and that email was supposed to trigger something to happen in this software and for some reason that trigger broke and I've been communicating with this company for over three weeks and they still haven't figured it out so uh, you know it's one of those things where you always think, oh well I'm sure we'll sort it out you know today or tomorrow or maybe in a couple days and it's now been three weeks and I realize that the comments that have not gotten a YouTube timestamped response link are building up and so apologies it's uh the mechanism we built for it got broken, but we'll hopefully fix it very soon. I've made it very clear to this company that this is a kind of a bummer for our customers. So hopefully we'll get it fixed and, you know, enough of the old uh, startup growing pains. Let's get into this week's questions. So, uh, oh, another sort of uh, thing that you guys should uh, know about before I get into the questions is that uh, I just did a podcast with Jared Turner of Mandarin Companion. And uh, it probably won't be out for about six weeks, but he mentioned that they interviewed Steve Kaufman, who we've talked about on this course a lot. He's the founder of Link and The Linguist, and he is a uh, super polyglot. He knows loads of languages. I found out from Jared he actually uh, – Chinese is one of his – I think it was his third language. And, you know, he knows loads of languages now, but China, he happened to be a um, Canadian diplomat to China in the 70s. So uh, he just did an interview with Steve Kaufman on the Mandarin Companion podcast. So uh, go check that out. Uh, that's absolutely worth your time because Steve Kaufman is, uh, well, he's a huge inspiration to language learners everywhere. So Uh, I would highly recommend checking that out. And then hopefully in about six weeks or so, I'll give you an announcement about the uh, podcast that I did with Jared. It was very interesting. It was a fun conversation. So let's get into it. So first, we're going to go into the prop suggestions that came up this week. And uh, again, what is a prop? A prop is an object that represents visually in our imagination, in our mnemonic visualization landscape, a character component. It maps onto it. So, regardless of what the uh, particular object is, if you have a strong emotional emotional connect to it, connection to it already, then mapping it on to a Chinese character component is really easy. It's not that hard, and the fact that it's so simple is what makes this such a fast and you know effective and also interesting method for learning Chinese characters. And just as a comment before I get too far into this, one of the things we always struggle with, I guess you could say, when it comes to explaining what our course is, is that people seem to think there's some alternative that is faster or more effective because they they think, oh, I have to think of objects to represent character components, or I have to think of uh, people to represent pinion initials, or I have to think of places to represent pinion finals. This seems really complicated, but recognize that we're just saying, here's memory techniques for each of these things, but there's no way to avoid the fact that you have to learn all of those things. You have to learn the pinyin initial, the pinyin final, the tone, the character components, and the meaning of every Chinese character if you want to have success with Mandarin. That's the reality. And so what we're saying is, that's a big task, isn't it? But guess what? Here's a whole system for remembering every little piece of it as quickly as possible and review it with a spaced repetition software. But what doesn't change, no matter what, is the fact that you have to learn all that stuff. And so when people sometimes are skeptical of the method, it's they're mistakenly blaming the method for the fact that Chinese has a lot to learn, right? And learning the method compared to learning Chinese is nothing. It's nothing. But I think what happens to people in their mind is they think learning this method is going to be this big task. It's going to be this big Herculean task. It's like compared to the process of learning Chinese, it's such a small task. It's like, I don't know, if you imagine you got a job working uh, at a um, assembly line of some sort and you had three or four or five responsibilities while you're there, you know, how long would it take you before you've got your three or four or five responsibilities down? It wouldn't take very long because, it's just not that complicated, right? The amount of facts there are to learn in Chinese, there are a lot. It's complicated. The amount of things you need to learn to get what the Mandarin Blueprint method is about is not that many. You know, it's like for each character, you need to remember about six things. So how long does it take you to remember six steps in a six-step process? I don't know. A few days, probably. You know, it's not that hard. So Onward and upwards towards the props. If you want to read more about props, there's a link in the, to the blog post below. Connor Griffith on pick a prop for show. This this is the uh, component that means hand. And he said, actor with six-fingered finger, hands. So he's saying, take his actor and make them have six fingers. Now, I think that this is fine so long as you do something else. Because, you know seeing six fingers on your hand is not that much of a difference. It's only making one more thing happen. And sure, it looks weird, right? But if you imagine that, you're only uh, creating a situation where you have, what, one-sixth difference, right? Because you have six fingers instead of five. So there's one thing out of six that's different. So what I would recommend is that make the actor have six fingers, but also make their hand really big and make maybe the sixth finger like bright pink or something or bright green, something that'll make it really obvious. Yeah, probably not bright pink because you're, you know, well, depending on uh, your skin color, but like, it's like, yeah, bright green or something. That would be fine. Anyway, so... Uh, that would be good for pick-a-prop for show, actor with six-fingered hands. Chad Ressler on pick-a-prop for yuan, which means like the beginning or original, he said an altar, the first recorded altar in Genesis, is at the beginning of the Noahic covenant. So, sure, the beginning of the Noahic covenant, going back to Genesis, the first story in the Bible, the altar that's there is a visualization that you can associate with the idea of original or beginning. Perfect. Will Henry on Pick a Prop for the – it's the sort of, sort of the top part of gao, which is a top hat plus a mouth. And he said, uh, how about a basketball hoop? And I can totally see it. It's like you're looking down from the top at the basketball hoop. So uh, that's a great choice there by Will. William Edmides on Pick a Prop for tall. So this is the – they call this Tao za toe. That's what they call this character component in Chinese because toe is head and any component that goes on the top usually i mean technically there are a few characters where a flower doesn't go directly on the top but usually it's on the top so they call it because uh, this is also the top component in the character which means grass so um this is for tile to toe, and he said a uh, picket fence because it kind of looks like it. So, even though that a picket fence doesn't really have anything to do with a flower or grass, although I guess a picket fence will meet the grass at the bottom, uh, it's kind of looks like it because it's got that straight horizontal line, those two vertical lines, kind of like a picket fence. Makai Albert on pick a prop for Moo. I, I went with Mike. Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc., so did Luke. Luke went with that as well. Let's see here, Xiaotian, <laughs> I guess they're already pick, already going with their Chinese name, Xiaotian on pick a prop for Le, Timothy Tiny Tim Cratchit's Crutch from Dickens A Christmas Carol, it's all about change, the crutch serves both as a visual and meaningful reminder for me, so you're right, because Le means change, it kind of looks like a crutch, and so it's one of those great situations where you have a prop that happens to not only look like the character component, but also has a relationship to the meaning. Those are the best. Those are the props you're never going to forget. I mean, come on, how could you forget that? Next, for uh, pick a prop for Tun. Resembles an adjustable T-square or a Chinese balance scale. So Tun, it means to measure, and as it happens, if it looks like a Chinese balance scale and it means measure and a scale is measuring weight, that's pretty awesome. So I would highly recommend uh, thinking in that way because clearly Xiao Tian on those past two, uh, he or she thought this is the meaning and visual representation way of using a prop or picking a prop. Next, William and Medes on pick a prop for Duo, and this character by itself uh, is like sort of a, a suffix, but he went with Kermit the Frog. As the real doer is the person controlling him, right? So, I think we gave it maybe the keyword, or maybe we just explained it this way. So, like, is a suffix that means, like, person who does whatever comes before it. So, you could think of it as the the blank-er, right? So, it's like, uh, you know, the, um, that's not a word I've ever heard, but means podcast. So a 播客者 is almost definitely a podcaster. I've never actually heard that said before, but that's how logical Chinese is. It probably is true. You know, Zhu is a writer. 记者, one who one who records things. 记者, that's a reporter, right? So you'll see how that, that works. So he goes with Kermit the Frog because the real doer is the puppet master, not actually Kermit himself. So that's a good connection there. William is on pick-a-prop for xiao, which means uh, filial piety. And he says, I'm imagining a soldier for xiao. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense, because uh, a soldier, you can make connections to, they're doing what they believe to be right for their motherland or fatherland, and, you know, that maybe their parents are... Want them to be doing that too i don't know so it's like that could uh relate to filial piety pick a prop for w- w- which is the uh number five so when that shows up in characters you could relate to something related to five and uh we have i'm going with the samsung galaxy s5 simple but uh lou bega could also be an option as he sang the hit mambo number five that's right so you could have lou bega and that's the right way you want to think about things it's like okay what relates to five? Well, lots of things. Mambo number five. Lubega. Sure. What else relates to five? Well, the Samsung Galaxy uh, S5. I don't have one of those, but if you did have one, perfect. Next, Connor Griffith on pick a prop for This looks like an upside down cup that has been tossed to the wayside. I imagine this to be several pieces of litter. Sure. So that's a little simple link. That looks like a cup that was tossed away. And so I'm going to have a pile of litter. And because the pile of litter is clearer visually than just the cup, just the turned over cup, plus a cup will be a different prop. So you make one little tiny link, and then there you go. Perfect prop. Natalia Berenzina on pick a prop for guan. She says a padlock, right, because guan means to close or to uh, close something in. So a padlock, perfect, no problem. Natalia, again, on pick a prop for – so this doesn't have a a pronunciation, but it's basically like uh, the bottom part of the character Kai, and uh, there's basically what you have is a mix of the uh, samurai sword prop, the stick prop, and the uh, razor razor blade prop. And she said, looks like hands and handcuffs to me, so I chose handcuffs. Perfect. Yeah, because you can imagine your hands are being, like, held in in that way. Okay. Next, Xiaotian, again, on pick a prop for Xia – I picture someone on a zip line. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely looks like that. Works well for me because I use someone walking on a tightrope for shang, and so shang, of course, is the above, and xia is below, and they both have a horizontal line. So you know, you got the for shang, it's on the tightrope, and then for xia, it's below the zip line. So either, both of them have ropes. So I really like how Xiao Tian is thinking already. Uh, Ija. On pick a prop for shirt, the wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin because shirt means stone. And uh, the Sorcerer's Stone from Harry Potter is an option as well. Or the Infinity Stones from the Avengers. That's a great example of a real cultural trope because I've never watched any of the Avengers movies. We all have one of those things, right? Like, you know, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I never saw Harry Potter. I never saw Lord of the Rings. Whatever. Mine is I never watched any of the Avengers, but I know what the Infinity Stones are because it's just such a cultural trope now that I know what she's talking about. And that's an example of when you can use culture to remember uh, certain aspects of a Chinese character. Final pick-a-prop is Ija again on pick-a-prop for Do, which means Bean, Mr. Bean. Simple, no problem. That's great. Yeah, so, and of course, he's very recognizable. Next, we're going to move on to the actors section of the podcast. There's only two suggestions today, but as a reminder, an actor is the person representation, or really the facial representation, because that's what you remember. The facial representation of a pinion initial. So, for example, Aaron H. on Casting Call for H. went with Hassan, uh, Hassan Minhaj. I don't think I know who that is. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the guy from the Netflix show, right? Um, and then, uh, or Harry Connick Jr. So, it's the letter H. His name is Hassan. It's a simple, simple connection. But, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't recognize his name at first, but as soon as I thought of his face, suddenly I remembered a bunch of things about him, about him and jokes that he made and whatever. And so... That's an example of how simple links can help you remember something very real that you need to know about a Chinese character. You need to know every single Chinese character that has an H at the beginning. Well, that's something that you're going to have to memorize regardless of what method you use. And what we're saying is that this method is the fastest. It goes really quickly. Why? Because it utilizes facial recognition, which is something that is a pre-programmed hardware in your meat computer. You're born with it. It's awesome. So 350 million years of evolution is no joke. All right. So next, Daniel Leo Simpson on casting call for KU. He says, oh, wow. Never thought of the initial KU in Kung Fu. I chose the title of a poem written by Coleridge called Kubla Khan, so as to get the nice KU on the initial KU. So I guess he's going with Kublai Khan uh, for that one. That's awesome. All right, cool. Next, let's go to actual shared movies. So this is full mnemonic scenes to remember a character. So to remember a character, what do you need to know? You need to know the pinyin initial. You need to know the pinyin final. You need to know the tone. You need to know the character components. And if you know the character components, you know how to write the character. And then you need to know what it means. So those are the things you, have, you must figure out, and they each have a representation. The pinion initial is a face. The pinion final is a place. The character components are objects or props. The uh, meaning, and also yeah, the, the, I mentioned the tone. The tone is the room in that place. And then the meaning is how they all interact. So we could call it the script. So you got actors, sets, room in the set, props, and script. And then after you've gotten that all down, if you want to really solidify it, you can add in some special effects. You know, an eagle flies overhead with sound effects and there's theme music and we got zoom ins and outs and helicopter cams and all that stuff. And slow motion, that's all there too. And that does actually really help to remember stuff. So first we have Chad Wrestler on Make a Movie for Fu. So this is uh, either Yifu the Fu, which means like uh, uh, clothes, or it could be Shuo which means to uh, persuade someone. The location is the childhood home in the kitchen. That's right, because second tone and fu, according to this system, doesn't have a final. You know, so as a result, we put all uh, uh, scenes that take place without a final in your childhood home. So he's in the kitchen because it's the second tone in the childhood home. The actor is Feng Yu Sao. And of course, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, Chad's actors, most of them actually are, are uh, actors from Chinese movies because he happens to be really into that. So... And, of course, it's a fictional character, though, because Feng Yu-Sao is a character played by a Chinese actor in a movie. The props are the moon, that's the left side prop, the wax seal, that's the sort of right side upper prop, and, then the, uh, and his friend Aaron, who Chad must consider to be his right-hand man, which is the bottom right prop. Awesome. I'm hanging out with my friend Aaron in the kitchen of my childhood home, having some beers, when we hear a knock at the door. I answer it, and it is feng yu sao. Surprised, I ask if he is here to fight me. (laughs) I love love that initial response. (laughs) Is he here to fight me? Well, Are you you here to fight me? (laughs) Good assumption. And by the way, that's fine. If you want to do something like that, just have a silly, like, are you here to fight me Uh, type of response that's perfectly reasonable. All right. Uh, He says no. That he is now reaching out to people to help him learn Chinese. <laughs> I'm relieved. I let him take, uh, I, I let him in, and he tells me he is going to show me a new way to learn Chinese. Like, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> he, is my, he has my friend Aaron hold a giant wax seal he brought, and then he pulls out a big glowing moon out of his bag and holds it up next to the wax seal. He then asks if he can convince me to study Chinese with the program he represents because these three props put together just taught me the word convince. I tell him this looks awfully familiar, and when I ask if he knows Phil Crimmins and Luke Neal, he quickly grabs his stuff and runs away as I yell at him uh, to tell them ...that I'm not convinced. <laughs> very meta, very meta story there. So, everything is in there. The uh, moon represents the left side component, the wax seal, his friend Aaron, the components are set. Just the fact that it's in the kitchen of his childhood home takes care of the pronunciation. It's really simple, and that's almost instant, right? And then uh, the actor, Feng Yu-Sao, that gives the, uh, the, the, the pinion initial. All right, Awesome! Next, we're going to go to Aaron H. Make a movie for war, which means uh, I or me. I brought, music in, I brought music into my scene, having my WU actor, Mrs. Weasley, <laughs> dance and sing along to the Taylor Swift song, Me. <laughs> Singing to a giant hand holding a halberd. Every time they sing me, she points to herself. The refrain is upbeat and easy to remember, and the music video to the song is very memorable. So I imagine that my scene is full of colors like the video. Okay, cool. So great. So the only thing I would say maybe is get the props a little bit more involved. Maybe the hand points at her also. Uh, Maybe you were already imagining it that way. You know, really getting across the me idea. And then uh, uh, what else do we have here? We have um, the halberd. So... The halberd, you know, you might just want to have her using it, swinging it around. Maybe she tosses it back and forth from the uh, the giant hand or whatever and, you know, should be fine. Sounds like a great – and I love using music in these scenes because it's like if the name of the song is me, there's your keyword connection. Because you always have to make a, a, some kind of a connection to the uh, meaning of the, of the character. But remember, you have a connection to the meaning of the character. It already exists in your brain because you're – you've had experiences in life. So, uh, you know, the fact that you've heard the song Me by Taylor Swift is enough. Next, Xiao Tian on Make a Movie for Pong. Paul Rudd, so I'll be your actor representing the P, is in my father's backyard during a Christmas party. So, uh, A-N-G is likely her father's house and Fourth Tone is either the bathroom or the backyard. So, we have Paul Rudd in her father's house, a.k.a. A-N-G, backyard fourth tone. Pong. Done. Pronunciation's good. So now we just need to get the props involved with Paul Rudd and come up with a meaning. Let's see what happens. He's wearing a too short, ugly Christmas sweater, (laughs) ashamed to come inside because he has become so fat. Okay, so just imagine a fatter Paul Rudd. I ask him if he's all right. He turns to me and squeezes his belly with his fingerless knitted gloves. (laughs) Yeah, to reveal that the sweater cannot cover his belly and replies, no, I'm not all right. I'm half fat. Right, because the right side component is half. And so he's saying like, okay, I'm half fat. You know, that's one of those things where I guess that might work because, but the problem here is that half fat doesn't really you can't see that. You can't see half. The right side component ought to be something completely visual that you could touch, right? So that's why we recommend like a half an avocado because in all those uh uh you know like um food photography situations or food paintings, it's like always there's a piece of fruit cut in half, right? And half an avocado is particularly iconic so Uh, That's one of the reasons why we recommend that. Um, There's also Russian dolls because you always, you know, you cut them in half and there's another one that you cut in half and all that. Uh, This one, I get the concept of him being half fat, but it's not something you're likely to remember six months from now, right? Because, and not that you have to remember your scene six months from now if you've managed to use the character enough, but the idea is that you want the scenes to be strong enough that – They last until you see the character in context enough that you never forget it. So while I'm not saying that this scene is bad, I like the premise of the scene. I do think that there needs to be a more visual element to the right side component for this one. And I assume um, that the fingerless knitted gloves must be the uh, left side component. Um, Also, you know, if you guys are submitting a scene, it's not, you don't have to do this, but you'll notice that. Um, like Chad, for example, he always kind of lists his actor set and props right before starting the scene. And it does uh, make it a little bit easier if only if you're going to share, like, obviously you don't need to share most of your scenes. They can just happen in your head. And uh, it's only for, if you feel like sharing Uh, listing your actor set and props will confirm that there's nothing wrong. At least you're not missing out anything from your scene. Okay. Next we have Aaron H on make a movie for C, which, uh, Can mean to extinguish, can mean to breathe. I have my actress outside the entrance of my null final. So this is also fine, by the way. What Erin's doing here is she's saying, I'm not going to say who my actress is. I'm not going to say what my null final is so that you can imagine it with your actress and your null final. So that's fine too. So I have my actress outside the entrance of my null final. And her nose, that's the top component, grows to a giant size. So much so that she can no longer breathe. That's the key word. She then falls to the ground and grabs her chest. I have to perform heart massage CPR to revive her and get her breath back. My prop for Sin is a heart, but I haven't used a literal external heart in this scene. Do you think that will confuse my brain in the future? So maybe, I mean, the thing about that scene though is it's quite intense, isn't it, right? You could imagine that it's like she can't breathe and like the the sounds she might be making and like you could could add in dramatic music when you're running over. Uh, And so you might be able to remember it. Maybe uh, as you're pushing down on her heart, you weirdly contact, Feel her heart, right? So, tactile response in a scene is actually quite good at helping to uh come to a connection with the prop. Because, you know, sure, visual representations are great, but if you actually feel it, there's something about that that adds a layer to it. So, maybe as you're uh, doing the chest pressing CPR, you know, in your imagination, for some reason, you, it's like you can actually feel her heart that you're holding it. And maybe. Um, And, you know, you could also just imagine, here's another thing you could do, because, I mean, it's your imagination, you can do whatever you want. Imagine that, for some reason, you can see, like, you have x-ray vision, and you can see inside to her heart, and that's what makes you know, oh, I better go in and, you know, revive her. Okay, cool, nice. So that's all of our uh, scenes that were submitted this week. Let's move to some generally uh, miscellaneous questions and go from there. So... Keith Wilkins, on time to get real about sentences, so this is the beginning of phase three, he says, wow, yeah, I can't describe how good this feels to be able to read these. And isn't that cool? You get to 105 characters. That's not that many characters relative to what you need to learn. And you can already start reading a bunch of grammatically correct sentences and without pinion. You know, so if we have a top-down word, we'll give you the pinion for that. And, and again, a top-down word is merely a word that you haven't learned the characters for yet, and we never give you too many of those. But the point being that it is awesome. It's so cool. Like, you can get to that point where you are reading those characters you always saw in Chinese restaurant, you know, menus and, and uh, you know, signs. You now know how to read them and what they mean. That's so cool. And you don't even need any kind of, like, romanization aid with it. Next, on level five complete, Garth Grescue. The review is equally reassuring and disheartening with all its splendid order. My brain is not so well ordered, but Phil presses the right motivator buttons. And so I just keep the beat, the rhythm and patterns going as he suggests. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know exactly what you mean, Garth, because obviously if you sometimes when you step back and you think about where you are in the process, it's easy to go, oh my gosh, there's so many things I don't know, especially. And it's like Chinese is like every single other skill. The more you learn, the more capability you have to know what you don't know. Like at the beginning, you can go, I don't know Chinese, but you don't really know the specifics of what that means. You don't know what you don't know. You just don't, you just know I don't know the language. So it's very simple. And then you learn a bit about the language and you go, Oh, I actually I know more than I did when it was a simple answer. I don't know Chinese, but I'm more aware, and and really more and more aware. Of the things that you don't know. But it doesn't change the fact though that regardless of how much there is left to go, there's only one solution. Be a little bit better today than you were yesterday, right? That's the only option. So you might as well just, as Gar said, keep the beat, keep it going. And hey, you will eventually get there. You know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That was uh that was Lao so Tzu who said that. Next, we have a question from Natalia. Berezina on New Vocabulary Unlocked, Yishang. So the, the word is ishang, which means above. And then so she has a question about one of these sentences. She thinks it maybe is not translated correctly. I don't have the original translation and my internet is super slow right now, so I can't look it up what the original translation was. But I don't think that it's wrong simply because what she thinks the translation should be is definitely not right. So um, I'll explain the structure of the sentence and... Um, You know, later when I have faster internet, I'll hopefully be able to uh, check to see if the translation was correct. But what she said here was uh, this sentence, 以上的话,我只给你一个人说了. I tried to map the given translation to this line, but couldn't. Is the translation correct? My Chinese is really lacking, but it seems to me that there's something like that said above is just me repeating to you what someone else said. Uh, And so, no, it's not that. Um, There's no repetition Uh, that she mentions in the particular uh, sentence there so this the structure of the sentence so the above text or words so it's probably like in a text message situation they're like scrolling through what i said above in the text uh, stream and then uh so you could just say but there's two things that the speaker added to emphasize that it's only you. The one is which means only. And then uh, the only or just. And then the, uh, the next is the, uh, the speaker said, ni And the fact that they added the in is an emphasis to get across. It's like you're the only one who knows about this. So the translation of the sentence is, I've only told you what I said above. I only told you the, the, the words from above. And so that's basically what it should be. If it's not that in the translations, then I'll have to fix it. Connor Griffith on level 13 complete. It is so nice being able to look back at all the vocab we've learned and to be able to pronounce everything perfectly. I had so much trouble with speaking programs before with getting the tones right. This method is amazing and keeps me thrilled to learn more every day. Well, thank you, Connor, and I'm so glad that that's how you feel about it. As I've, you know, tried to emphasize a few times in this podcast, Chinese is what it is. You can't change the fact that, you know, uh, the, the... radicals need to be learned the pinion initials and finals need to be learned the tones need to be learned what this method is is the fastest way to learn all those things but the, what they are is always going to be a lot of things but you know if you can get there really quickly and you can remember the tone for every character you can remember how it's pronounced and pronounced perfectly too because you took pronunciation mastery hey you're gonna succeed it's just a matter of uh consistency in time consistency in time And attention. (laughs) Daniel Leo Simpson. One of my favorites. One of my favorite people on the course. Daniel Leo Simpson on Make a Movie for Faye. It is funny how we do all have our own thoughts on what immediately comes to mind. Here Phil asks, so Fly, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? And before the guy even answered, I thought Superman. Funny. We all have buried in us these memories that we relate to and will stick to the characters. Love it. Right. Because (laughs) what we're saying a lot of times is that the connection that you need to learn the new fact is there. You can only learn things that connect to what you've previously understood, or at least it's really hard to do it any other way. So if you try to learn a random fact, like somebody says to me, This is how you say the Vietnamese word for porpoise or not. No, they don't even tell me it is the Vietnamese word for porpoise, but they don't even tell me that that's what it is, right? It's just, here's the Vietnamese sound. Remember it. It's going to be so hard for me to remember that without any other context. Now, maybe it happens to sound like something and I can try to use that, but I don't even know what it means. So like, how am I going to remember that? There's nothing to attach it to. But what we do is we give you the the tools to do a quick search and go, Fly, what do I think of Superman? Right? It's like, that's a thing that came to your mind. Who knows why it came to your mind? And it doesn't matter. It did. It means that it's there already for you, waiting for you to just attach it to the Chinese. It's pretty cool. Daniel again on set the scene for ANG 11 of 13. If you're like me, you're probably not. (laughs) Although I do see the logic behind it. I have a hard time with people actors and people reminding me of sets. So I like to keep my sets places and my actors people. Putting in a search for uh, cities ending in ang, I found a list. Bingo. Da Nang is the fifth largest city in Vietnam. A city with history, a name I recognize, and an actual place for my set. Not a person who reminds me of a set. Right, so one of the options that we can say is suppose you had a friend named Engelbert. We all have a friend named Anglebert, right? <laughs> so, A-N-G, Anglebert, could, you could say Anglebert's house. Because A-N-G and Anglebert relate relate to each other. And you've been to Anglebert's house because he's your friend. So, you can imagine that connection. Now, Daniel's saying he has a little bit of trouble with that idea. So, he's picking Denang. Nang. Uh, let's see here. Also, this has the bonus of ending in the final. Right? True. Denang ends in A-N-G. I do like... To have names that begin with the letters when it's an initial and end with the letters when it's a final. Just saying, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the perfectionist way of saying it, uh, of doing it. You don't have to, but if that works for you. The only thing I'm concerned about is that is, have you been to Da Nang? Uh, if you haven't been to d- Da Nang, I think it's going to be pretty tough to imagine yourself there. I suppose you could imagine yourself there with pictures. but uh, Now, if you have been d- to Da Nang, I've been, I've been there. Uh, you know, sure, then you can remember it, but... Um, And, of course, a whole city is a little tough because it's like, well, where in the city are you for the tones? But that's an easy, just, that's easy to fix. Just pick a part of the city for each tone. Matthew Flinton on the Pronunciation Mastery Simple Final A, yes or no questions with ma. Could I say ta-pa in response to the question he is afraid? Well, uh, the two characters you wrote here is ta-pa, which is uh, a tower climb, uh, but... It's just probably because you were inputting pinyin and you don't know the characters yet, uh, or it was just a typo. And uh, so, yeah, ta-pa, in response to the question, he is afraid. Uh, so, ta pa ta pa right? Um, sure, you could say ta-pa, but usually you'll just say pa directly. You don't have to reestablish the subject if somebody just said it to you. So, somebody just says to you, ta uh, pa Right, meaning uh, is he afraid of eating spicy food? You could say ta pa la, but that would be a little bit redundant, right? So you could just respond with pa because that's just confirming the verb. Or you could say bu pa, which would mean not afraid of spicy. All right, so finally, uh, Natalia on make a movie for si guan si de si. I think that upper strokes in Tian and Si are basically the same. I like to use the katana here instead of the curved drop as I did in Qian. Yeah, like, uh, so, the, it's interesting because the samurai sword or katana, in the case of Natalia, is sometimes deeper. It kind of goes down like it does in Zhen, right, the simple character Zhen. And when it doesn't do that, um, the, uh... It, it sometimes it's shallower right and when it's shallower you could kind of choose think of it as like a drop it kind of gets in between these two different props but if you want to always think of that shallower uh, uh, stroke that's from the top right to the bottom left as being um, the katana every time or the samurai sword every time that's perfectly reasonable no problem so cool all right well that's it for the questions this week as always, check out mandarinbluebird.com for all of our latest stuff. You know, we've a we've been putting out a weekly newsletter again with the podcast and all of the different things that we've been working on, and we'll always have a featured post, so uh, check those out. They come, We send them out on Monday night China time, so that'll be Monday morning uh, U.S. Eastern time, uh, and Monday early morning U.S. Western time, and blah, blah, blah. So uh, midday Europe time. And so... Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, please share uh, Mandarin Blueprint on social media, I guess. you know, Get the word out. Everybody who does our course likes it, but it's kind of hard to get people to uh, sort of break into it. You know, And the best way for people to break into it is for people who like it already to uh, talk about why they like it. And uh, many of you have already helped us out quite a bit, and we really appreciate that. But if any of you want to leave us a review on Facebook, that's another thing you could do. Really easy to do. Uh, And you don't have to leave any text. You could just leave a star review or whatever. You know, we have so many uh, people on the course, very few people who've left reviews. So if you leave a review, and of course, uh, uh, iTunes review, I don't even know (laughs) if that even, I think, I think they're getting rid of iTunes. uh, So I, I don't know how you would uh, leave a review for a podcast, but regardless, uh, we uh, appreciate any help that we can get, and thank you so much. I'm so pleased that the course is working well for everybody. You know, I always have this feeling like, is it going to – are they going to understand it? Is it going to work, you know? And I, I have every reason to think that it would because it's an improvement on things that worked for me. But nonetheless, though, it's always great to hear you guys talk about how helpful it is. And so thank you for putting in the effort. It's because you guys put in the effort that we can continue to put in the effort to make it even better. And uh, we'll see you next week. And thanks for listening.